Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. Welcome to Series 2, Episode 4 of the Tim Hill Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about me and rugby union. I started playing rugby when I was at school. Fortunately, when I went to secondary school, it was a large comprehensive school in Hatfield. And because it was such a large school, we had a varied curriculum when it came to sports. Those of us that didn't like football were able to do either rugby, hockey or cross-country running. I opted for cross-country running and rugby, which was quite good because it meant that uh, I learned some of the, the fundamentals of rugby union. At that time, way back in the, the, the late, very late 60s, early 70s, rugby wasn't as big as it is today. And the equipment that you played with was, let's say, was pretty, pretty harsh. The balls were essentially pig's leather. And once they got wet, it was an absolute nightmare, absolute nightmare to throw around. They got really slippery. And the real problem was trying to control it on a wet day and muddy. And it was just an absolute scream. So that was me going through school. When I did go to school, I generally went in for, for the PE lessons because that's something I really enjoyed. There was a few other lessons that I managed to bunk off on, but I guess you heard all about that when I was uh, during my Series 1. So when I got to the depot, the Queen's Division, occasionally we had different sports. And on a, on a Wednesday afternoon, we did manage to get out and play a little bit of rugby on rare occasions. Then I got posted to the battalion, and the battalion at that time wasn't really into rugby. We didn't have a, a rugby team as such. We had a bit of a football team, but I think the, the main the main sport was golf. So if you played golf, you kind of fitted in. If you didn't, then, well, whatever. So it wasn't until we got to Berlin, in, at that time in Berlin in the late 70s, because I was there from 78 to 80, we had BFBS radio. There was no BFBS television at the time. We had the American Forces Network. So I got to watch an American football on the television and I got hooked on American football. And at that time, I followed the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Oilers. They were in two separate divisions. So that was quite quite, um, quite eye-opening and I managed to, to follow it. And, and later on in my career, I managed to play some American football. I'll come on to that in a bit. Then when we left Berlin, we got posted to Northern Ireland again. There wasn't a huge amount of opportunity to go and play rugby, but occasionally we could watch the international rugby on the on the television, which was great. Then at the end of the two years in London, Derry, I was posted to Sennybridge in Wales, and I was uh, I ended up being a hang gliding instructor at the Army Hang Gliding Centre that later became the Joint Services Hang Gliding Centre. And while I was in Sennybridge, there was a local rugby team. There's actually lots of local rugby teams, but I used to go down there and train with them a couple of evenings a week. I didn't actually play a game uh, because uh, I was working on the weekends and one thing or another, just didn't get the chance to, to turn out on a Saturday. But I still enjoyed the rugby. And then when I left the army, um, my son, was um, he wanted to play a bit of rugby. So we, we used to take him up to Buckingham Rugby Club and he played for the juniors up there. And occasionally while I was waiting around for him, 
I'd have a bit of a throw around with the guys, the other dads that were there waiting for their kids. And I didn't really get much of a chance to go and play rugby for them either. But at that time, I got into um, watching Northampton Saints because we were in Milton Keynes. It's only a spit. And I managed to get a couple of season tickets. And then I had season tickets for Northampton Rugby for about, I don't know, about 12, 13 years. So we used to go over there during the season and watch the Saints. And we had some fantastic times over there. remember cheering on uh, Bruce Rayana when he was up uh, taking a, a kick and everybody was saying, Bruce, 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 Bruce. And that was good fun. And I kept up my membership right the way through. Even in the season you know, that we went down, they had the pledge season. And I still managed, I still kept my season tickets up for the pledge season. And I've got my name up on the, the wall at Franklin's Gardens. So if you're ever up at Franklin's Gardens, have a look on the, the pledge wall and you'll see my name up there twice because I had two season tickets for that season. And it, that was a great season because although we'd gone down, we kind of won every game and we went straight back up the following year. Around about the same sort of time, but that was um, the late 80s, early 90s, American football was really big in the UK. And I had the opportunity to go and play with the Milton Keynes Pioneers. And I played with them for a couple of years and we did really well. And it was quite high level. I mean, Milton Keynes at that time was one of the top teams in the country. So I was playing some really good players. And I enjoyed it. I mean, it was fun. And I was never really on a starting team. However, I did make the the kickoff team and I went on defence occasionally as a, a an outside linebacker or a defensive end. And that was good fun. And then I had the opportunity, a mate of mine, he was playing with uh, a, a team called the Chilton Cheaters and they were in about two divisions lower than us. And I went across to there on a, one Saturday afternoon to play with them. And I had an absolute blinder of a game because they were, I was playing at a much higher level. I was so much better than these guys. And I had an absolute blast. I was tearing around all over the place. I got myself about four sacks and I had an interception as well, which was really great. I was, I was playing an outside linebacker for this whole game and it was great, great fun. And that was, that was my American football career. It only lasted a couple of years and then I'd, I moved off. Then I got posted over to Chicksands and on a Wednesday afternoon, I managed to get out and, and I had a couple of games for, for Chicksands. We used to train a couple of evenings a week which was really good. And down at the, the local club, Hitchin, I got in with them and this particular year, I think it was, I think it was about 2005, um, my regimental vets team, Royal Anglian vets team, were down to play Hitchin this particular year. And I thought, this is a golden opportunity for me to play for the regiment. So I put my hand up and I thought, this will be good. I'll go in the last 10 minutes, score a try and be a hero. In reality, I ended up starting the game and I played about 65 minutes at Scrum Half and I really enjoyed it. It was great fun. Actually, I I played regimental rugby every year, right up until recently, actually. They have a a game every year before the regimental gathering. We have a regimental gathering at Duxford on the first or second Saturday at Sunday in September. And the day before on a Saturday, the regimental vets get together and sometimes we get a few of the regulars come down and, and have a game against one of the local teams in our recruiting area. And our recruiting area, as you remember, takes in the whole of the east of England, from Lincolnshire, Leicestershire, Northamptonshire, 
Norfolk, Suffolk, Cam's, and Bedsarts and Essex. So it's a it's a vast area to call upon guys to come down and play. So we we played lots and lots of teams over the years, and I played in every game. And I was generally the starting scrum half. I think about ninety percent of the games. Anyway, when I when I moved away from or while I was at Chicksands, the guy in the bunk next to me, he was working up at DHU as a physical training instructor, and he says to me one day, "Did I want to go to Twickenham and go on a pitch and carry a flag?" Well. I didn't need any encouragement whatsoever. I said yes immediately. And my first game up at Twickenham was England against Ireland. And I ended up going on the England flag for that game. And that was, I think, one of the only times that I did the England flag. I generally went on the opposing team's flag after that. There was a couple of reasons why I did the opponent's flag. One, because it was difficult to get people to do it in the first place. But the second reason was a little bit more sinister it meant that I could stand on the opponent's flag just to show that little bit of defiance and hopefully that would rub off on England and they would normally come out with a win after that. So that was the main reason that I went on the opponent's flags and I did that for about 12 years and I I went to pretty much every England home game for about 12 years and about eight years in, maybe seven years in, I got the opportunity to actually get guys to Twickenham to carry the flags. So I was uh, the key point of contact between the events company and the military. And I'd built up a a vast book of guys that I could call upon to come down and and carry the flags on on the pitch prior to the game. So I was quite a popular guy, actually. So I managed to do all, all of the England games and it was, it, and we also did the Premiership Finals. So that was another, another great day. And the Premiership Finals were quite different because you've got all of the Premiership teams turning up on this day to see the the, the two finalists play. They had the big, it was at the, that time the Guinness Premiership Final Cup, and it's a massive, great big cup. And we had the opportunity for a couple of guys to carry this thing out onto the pitch and put it onto the plinth at the end of the game to be presented to the, the winners. And I did it on a couple of occasions. And the last time I did it, it was Northampton Saints against Saracens. And I don't know whether anybody remembers the game, but it was a real bruiser of a game. And it came down to sudden death at the 100th at the minute. So they'd, they'd played the 80, they'd played 10 minutes one way, and they played 10 minutes the other way. And it had gone to 100 minutes. The clock was still running down. Northampton Saints were on the goal line of Saracens. And it was still 24 or 2020 at the time or 2024. I forget what the score was, but it was it was equal. And Northampton Saints actually backed themselves. And they scored about four minutes after the, the whistle had gone. I was an absolute gibbering wreck at this stage, having watched all this unfold from the sidelines waiting to go on to to carry the trophy on it was it took an enormous amount of effort and courage just to pull myself together and what a fantastic day what a fantastic game that was and that'll live in my memory forever and I actually had uh, my Northampton rugby shirt on uh, underneath my blues on that day so that was that was me cheering the team on then I moved to to Caterham and I changed jobs from Chicksands uh, to Woolwich at this time. 
I was still playing a bit of rugby every year for the for the regimental team, and I still played a little bit down at um, Hitchin. So when I moved to Caterham, I, I sorted out uh, the old cats, uh, the, the old Caterhamians. I went and played for them, and I got into playing for them every week. And I used to go and train twice a, twice a week. I was really fit at that stage. I was training on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night, and then we had a game on a on a Saturday. And I played for generally the twos. I never played for the first team. I was uh, I was never quite quick enough for the, <laughs> for the first team. But I played for the seconds and I played for the vets. Now, I don't know whether anybody's played vets rugby, but vets rug- rugby is quite different to playing in a normal league type rugby. It tends to be a little bit, shall we say, it gets a little bit fruitier at times. There's a lot of skullduggery goes on with the vets. Um, on how it used to be years ago. So so you've got the old lags out playing and they're, they're playing their little dirty tricks, especially the scrum. I mean, I don't understand the scrum at all. I don't go there. I'm a scrum off. I put the ball in and let them do what they do with it. And if it pops out, that's mine. So I, I was playing for, for the old cats when I moved to, to Woolwich and I asked the, the commanders of the three incremental companies if I could set up a rugby team for the for the incremental companies and I got to go ahead they said yeah fine so I managed to find some funds to, to buy a strip so we got on a strip used to get the guys down on a on a Wednesday afternoon and we used to train at Woolwich because we got all the pitches down there so the guys from F Company Scott Scars were coming from from Wellington Barracks and we already had Nine Maiden Company Grenadier Guards and Number 7 Company Cold Swim Guards already on site. So between us, we managed to, to, to scrape it together. A reasonably fair team. And we trained for the first first few months. And our first first game ever, I got them up to Caterham to play the Old Cats. And we, we cobbled a team together for, for the Old Cats. And we made a big day of it. We got um, the local local community involved. We put out flyers leading up to it saying that the guards were returning to Caterham because Caterham used to be the guards' depot up until about the nineteen late 1950s, early 1960s. And there was always a guards battalion based in, in Caterham up until 1994. So the, the, the town had had a, a long history of guards. So we had a big turnout for this day and we had lots of stalls out. The, the, the local Rotary Club joined in and Local groups joined in uh, and had stalls out, and they were all raising some money for for help for heroes and the, the poppy appeal and the regimental benevolent funds. So it was a really really cracking day. I mean, the weather was perfect for it. It was really nice rugby weather. We played on the on the main pitch, and it was a good day had by all. Then we got into a small league, the minor units league, and we played for two seasons. And the last game that we had was up against. 2RRF Team Fiji. Well, it didn't go particularly well for us. We lost the game, but unfortunately, the following day, there was nine guys decided that they were going to take themselves up to the med centre. The upshot of it was the garrison commander called me into his office and he said, sorry, that's it. We can't afford to have people broken like this. No more rugby. The guys were devastated. I was devastated. But that's... That was the nature of the beast. That's ceremonial duties for you in, in London. 
and say the ceremonial duties are foremost in everything that they do. And if they haven't got the manpower to turn to onto the, the mail or onto horse guards, parades or for guards, that's it. There's a big drama goes on. Or unfortunately for us, we had to stop playing rugby. But it didn't stop a few of the guys going and playing with the local teams. My last game for the regiment and the last game I actually played, I was 56. And after that, my health started to to crumble a bit. My body started to give up on me a bit. So nowadays, I just watch the rugby. So that's my involvement with Rugby Union. I hope you found it interesting. If you did, you know what to do. Please share it, like it and subscribe to my channel so you don't miss another episode. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.